So for my talks here on Sundays, uh, this winter that we began earlier this year, and I've been in really, really enjoying, I hope you guys have been enjoying too, we've been talking about the undeniable attraction to stories of leaving the ordinary for the special. And I have our, our diagram that we've been going back to up here on the screen for us. A character leaves their comfortable and default experience of life, or often life circumstances push them out of what is comfortable and default. And they enter into a big and sometimes scary new world full of risks and trials and hardships. And they have to choose whether to succumb to despair and discouragement over the familiar being lost or, over, or do they courageously venture forward into this special world despite the risks. And if they choose to venture forward, they discover that along with loss and risks, yes, there are those things, but there's also new friendships, new purpose, personal transformation, spiritual fulfillment, all the things that we long for in life all that life is meant to be, all that we are meant to be, we discover if we push through the risks. So this is the pattern of so many of the fantasy stories and heroes' journeys that uh, so many of us love, Star Wars, uh, The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, just to name a few that we visited over the course of my series here. And we've been working what to me is a extremely rich theological idea. It's taking this idea about stories that we all love and it's asking, what does that tell us about God and life? And it, what this idea does is it connects this departure, initiation, return, pattern in all of these stories. It connects that to the life that Jesus invites people into with his famous encouragements to follow him to be his disciple, to pick up our crosses and consider his life a template for our own, to seek the kingdom of God. The special world is a part of real life. It's not just for fantasy stories. If we can trust what we cannot see, if we can trust in what is beyond the ordinary of our lives and our world, if we can trust in the spiritual side of life, in Jesus' kingdom of God, in our midst, as we've been talking about, then journeys of transformations are not just for our favorite stories. They can be for our own lives in the real world. Okay, so each week, we've kind of had some sort of inspiration from a fantasy story that I personally love, so hopefully you like the same things at me. Too bad if you don't. Uh, today, my jumping off point is the movie Moana. Guys, Moana is so good. Anybody, who's seen Moana? Can I just see a show of hands? Okay, most of us. That's good. That's good. I, will, I, I am sorry to say I'm going to have some spoilers today. Sorry about that ahead of time. Um, I'll try to like flag it, so if you need to close your ears or something. So Moana is such an inventive hero's journey. Every good hero's journey offers lots of hooks to connect with various characters and their arcs that we see in the stories. And so you can see yourself, you're like, oh, so-and-so's journey is just like my life. That's, oh, that's awesome. That, that's every good hero's journey. But the inventive thing about Moana is that among the characters we find ourselves hooked into, like resonating with, relating to, is a mythological godlike character, which is really interesting. Like, oh, Huh, that's kind of a reversal of what you think. So this godlike character is humanized, and it's beautiful, and it's powerful. And as I'll get into a little bit later, it shines an even brighter light on the hero of the story, Moana, which is also really beautiful and powerful. And so I hope, I hope you get a, a taste of that as we go along today. I want to watch one scene where we see this. So to set the stage, 
Moana is on a mission to return to the island goddess Tefiti, her heart, which is a green stone. Many years ago, Tefiti's heart was stolen from her. And so that's Moana's mission is to return it. Now, Tefiti had previously been a source of life for Moana and her people, but since her heart was stolen, Tefiti's life source has become dormant. The primary obstacle that Moana comes up against is another godlike character, Taka, the lava monster, who is the sort of opposite of Tefiti. Taka is not a life source, but a vicious destroyer who is camped out in front of Tefiti's island and will let nothing pass. Okay, here's the spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear, you can, or you can just, it's been out for five years, people, so come on. Okay. The big reveal is Taka is Tefiti. The lava monster is, <laughs> somebody goes, oh! <laughs> well, it's way better in the movie. Um, so Taka is Tefiti. The lava monster is the life source goddess. It's an illustration of what undealt with pain does to us. Tefiti, the life source goddess, has had something stolen from her and as a result has become a lava monster. She says, I suffered, therefore others must suffer. And this is such a common human feeling. And this is where Moana comes in. So let's watch. Let her come to me. I love this because I think we are all Taka. Do we not all know so well undealt with pain? Do we not all know so well that feeling of I suffered, therefore others must suffer? You know, we might experience a tragedy, a betrayal, We might experience a divorce, a dream dying, depression or anxiety, an unexpected change, a new reality we weren't planning for, a failure or an unmet expectation. We might experience oppression. And these experiences push us out of our ordinary worlds 
But that doesn't automatically mean that we end up on a journey in the kingdom of God. The first challenge we face is getting stuck in between the ordinary and the special, getting stuck in despair, discouragement, and undealt with pain. So when my mom died of cancer when I was 15, I was pushed out of the ordinary world of my childhood. And the loss just threatens to bury me, to keep me stuck in that undealt with pain. Or when one of my former mentors and I had a bad falling out, the betrayal I felt pushed me out of the ordinary world I had known. I could not go back to what I had known any longer. That relationship could no longer be what it was. And the loss of that threatened to bury me, threatened to keep me stuck in undealt with pain. The first time a young man of color in America learns of the rampant reality of racial profiling, he is pushed out of his ordinary world of innocence, of trust in the goodness of humanity. And that loss can threaten to bury him, keep him stuck in undealt with pain. After experiences like these, if we succumb to the despair, the discouragement over all we've lost, Taka from Moana can become our permanent state. We can get stuck and undealt with pain for years, for decades even. Trapped in the thinking, I suffered, therefore others must suffer. We've been pushed out of the ordinary world, but we're floating, directionless, stuck. It feels too risky, too painful to journey where we don't know the rules and where there will be more discomfort and potentially more pain so we camp out in bitterness and resentment and revenge. When I went back to high school after my mom died, with a bunch of kids who were all distracted by what seemed like stupid high school stuff to me, who I was sure didn't know suffering the way that I had known suffering, oh, how I insisted that others must suffer because I had. You won't notice me? or how much I'm flailing to be taken care of, well, then I'll make you notice me. I'll make you feel bad for me. My victimness became a weapon that I wielded. I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't aware that that was happening, but that's what was happening. I suffered, therefore others must suffer. Or after feeling betrayed, oh, how I wanted to use my victimness as a weapon. You're gonna betray me? Well, then your reputation is going down with me. If it's the last thing I do, I'll sabotage you even if it sabotages me. One way that this has been said is if we do not transform our pain, we will transmit it. If we do not transform our pain, we will transmit it. It will pass through us and come on to the next person. So that, that lyric that Moana sings Man, that scene is so good. That song is so good. And it's like a theme that has, the, 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 the background vocalizations are like a theme that's been there throughout all of the score of the whole movie. And, and she sings, they have stolen the heart from inside you, but this does not define you. This is not who you are. You know who you are. I mean, that is something that needs to be sung over all of us. It calls out to us when life pushes us out of our ordinary worlds 
and we feel stuck in undealt with pain, God is trying to pull us in to the kingdom of God, which will be unfamiliar and uncomfortable and a challenge, but it is where something transformational can happen. In particular, I think it is where healing can happen. And so healing is one of the things as we return to these kingdom of God phrases from Jesus, as we've been doing throughout this series, healing is one of the things, maybe the thing most associated with the kingdom of God in Jesus's teachings. Physical healing, emotional healing, things we can see, things we can't see, all manner of healing comes up again and again. And just a, a smattering of scriptures here from Luke 9, Jesus welcomed the crowds and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Or I love this more mystical one from the Gospel of John. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus says, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of spirit. And throughout John's Gospel, experiencing the spirit means being awakened, healed, enlightened, enlivened. When life pushes us out of our ordinary worlds, God is trying to pull us into the kingdom of God so that we can experience healing. Letting God do this requires leaving the familiar, leaving the comfortable, which can feel like a pain of its own. But that risk is so worth it. And I love the way that Moana is a picture of this God that Jesus shows us. Jesus shows us a God who does not run from the pain humans experience, but walks into it with us so that he can pull us through it. The line that our clip started with, that Moana starts with, she says, let her come to me. And this is like her dawning realization that Taka and is Tefiti. It's the same goddess. Let her come to me. I love that. Moana in that moment is not afraid of Taka. She's not afraid of the lava monster. And the same is true with Jesus and us. Jesus is not scandalized by our undealt with pain. He is saying, let let them come to me. And Jesus brings back our heart that was stolen, restores our sanity, heals our undealt with pain. I'm reminded of the powerful phrasings of uh, 12-step programs like Alcoholics Anonymous. The, uh, The first two steps are, we recognize that our lives had become unmanageable and that we needed a higher power than ourselves to restore us to sanity. That's, that's it, right? We recognize that our lives had become unmanageable and we needed a higher power than ourselves to restore us to sanity. Tefiti was overtaken by Taka. She could not get back to her actual state without help. And the help was there for her in Moana, who is a Christ figure in this. And the help is there for us in Jesus. When life pushes us out of our ordinary worlds, he is trying to pull us in to the kingdom of God. Jesus tells this parable when teaching about the kingdom of God in Luke chapter 13. He says, a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, see here, see, see here. Well, suddenly, the, I think the man is New Yorker. See here, he's Jimmy Stewart from, from It's a Wonderful Life. See here, for three years, I've come looking for, I don't know why that came out of me, sorry. Uh, For three years, I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? The gardener replied, sir, 
Let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put fertilizer on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. Jesus is the gardener. He is not in a hurry to cut us down. He wants us to bear fruit. There is always time for us in the kingdom of God is the message of this. Unlike when we're stuck in undealt with pain where everything feels urgent and like the end of the world, there's always time for us when we're on a journey into the kingdom of God. So I'm, I'm really struck by something in this picture that we're working of Jesus restoring our hearts in the way that we, and the way we see that in Moana. I wonder how this hits you. In this, sin and forgiveness, the classic religious terms, they're not about being good instead of bad. I wonder if you see that here. In here, sin and forgiveness are about moving instead of staying put journeying forward instead of laying down and giving up. That's interesting. You know, Moana doesn't lecture Taka, right? Part of the reason that, that moment is so powerful is because she's tender and understanding. Let her come to me. She puts her forehead on each other. She's not afraid. She's not scandalized. The whole movie is actually about Moana recognizing her own undealt with pain. And so when she gets to this point, and she is able to see Taka's true self as Tefiti. This is not who you are. You know who you are. The reason Moana is able to do that is because she has been on her own journey, discovering the same. Moana, as one who knows pain herself, is able to be compassionate, is able to come close. And that is what finally transforms and heals the undealt with pain. The lava monster turns back into a goddess of life. So this makes me think about all of the passages from the Bible that refer to Jesus, uh, refer to us being saved by Jesus's blood or atoned with God by Jesus's blood or justified or forgiven or brought into connection with God by Jesus's blood. Jesus's blood, interesting, right? Jesus's blood does these things in that it is God's own personal experience of suffering on the cross that brings him close to us. In the same way Moana's experience of her own suffering brings her close to Taka and Tefiti. Jesus's blood is not about how we were bad and God needed someone to be punished and because Jesus felt it, we're in the clear. That's not what Jesus's blood is about. Jesus's blood is about God suffering himself in solidarity with us because we so often experience suffering. Who can come close to us? Is there a God, a higher power because our lives need restoring to sanity? It's unmanageable. Is there a God who can actually come and be close to us in that? Yes, there is. There is a God who knows suffering himself for the sake of connection with us, for the sake of loving us, saving us, healing us, transforming our pain so we don't transmit it elsewhere. That is the God that we're talking about in Jesus. That's powerful, right? Sin and forgiveness on a totally different mindset than maybe you're used to. That's powerful. So I want to ask the question, to close for us, how can we stay on our journeys of transformation toward healing in this 
special kingdom of God world that Jesus talks about and not get stuck in undealt with pain? How can we do that? My first suggestion is to invite Jesus to weed revenge out of your life, okay? It's interesting. In addition to our love of stories about, like Moana, stories of journeys of transformation, heroes going out and leaving their ordinary for the special, I think, I think that reveals the truest part of who we are. In addition to that, though, we Americans, unfortunately, also have a love of lone wolf revenge stories, too, you know, in other words, Liam Neeson movies. <laughs> this, I think, reveals our less redeeming qualities. Can we just appreciate the taglines for a second here on these movies? Revenge is best served cold. Is that, I mean, that, you can't write this stuff. That must have fallen out of the sky. That is so good. I will find you. I will kill you. <laughs> Liam Neeson in Taken. I mean, come on, right? It's incredible. Okay, I'm kind of joking, but I'm also serious. I, I mean it, yeah. So believing we are isolated, alone, and have to revenge our way to life, right? Revenge our way to the peace and the solace and the contentment that we want, it's tempting to believe that. That actually is in us all. Now, we're probably not tempted to go full-on Liam Neeson. Hopefully, none of you are. I will find you. I will kill you. Um, but we are attempted to, to adopt beliefs like nobody understands me. Nobody will fight for me except me. Nobody knows the suffering I've experienced. That one is me. Nobody is there for me. And I need to show the world or I need to show so-and-so by making others experience what I experienced, have the suffering that I suffered. You know, after my mom died, after I felt betrayed by this former mentor, I felt those beliefs tempt me. And they started to become self-fulfilling prophecies. And I started to look like Taka the Lava Monster. But those beliefs of nobody but me are not true. They're tempting to adopt because they make us feel special. They make us feel important. They make us feel like our, like our suffering has mattered. And so they're really tempting. But they don't serve us. And they will not get us the solace and the peace that we're longing for in life. So if you notice anything close to these nobody but me, I need to revenge my way back to peace feelings in you, then what I've learned to do is in prayer, invite Jesus to weed it out. It is humbling to do this. It's humbling to admit like you're, you're oh, I, I feel some revenge in me, uh, but it's nothing to be afraid of. It's nothing to be afraid of. Because remember, Jesus is like Moana, not scandalized, in no way afraid comes to us tender and gentle, sings to us. And so in a moment, uh, as we're praying together, I want to give us a chance to try something like this out, inviting Jesus to weed out revenge. It's a prayer practice that I've been really helped by, so I'll lead us in that in a minute. Also, second, don't watch Liam Neeson movies. Just don't do that. Okay, next. Make your goal integrating or incorporating your undealt with pain, not moving past it. Anyone ever heard the idea of like moving past your pain? I actually wouldn't recommend that. I wouldn't. I'm going to suggest something different. Healing doesn't leave pain behind. In a strange way, healing brings us all the closer to our pain, just in a different way than when the pain is undealt with. 
So instead of living in compulsive reaction to our pain, like Taka, we will let nothing pass. We're a lava monster just flinging lava at people. <laughs> so healing allows us to incorporate or integrate the hurt parts of us into the bigger picture of who we are. We know the pain even better, actually, that way, because we are in control of it. It's not in control of us. Does that make sense? We see it with clear eyes so we can manage it. There's a, a Jesuit based in Los Angeles named Greg Boyle, who's one of my heroes, and he talks about an incredible reflection that he heard from a young man who this young man, after years of gang activity and crime, had come to the end of himself and had found faith in Jesus. And he passes on, Greg Boyle passes on this phrase from this young man. It was this, I used to be afraid of my wounds. Now my wounds are my friends. Is that profound or what? I used to be afraid of my wounds, but now my wounds are my friends. To put it another way, in my feelings of being betrayed, how can I find an identity deeper than my victimness that isn't defined by a need for me to show this person that I feel betrayed by what they've done to me and get them to repent? It's not defined by that. But it's an identity that also doesn't pretend not to feel those legitimate feelings of hurt, of betrayal, that acknowledges them accepts them as part of who I have become, as a friend. So I want us to keep this in mind, that the way you'll know you're, you, that you are yourself journeying forward toward healing, it's not moving past undealt with pain. It's not forgetting or pretending. It's incorporating. It's befriending. That's how you'll know you're on the right path. Okay, here's another thing that really works for me, and I think it might for many of you, is to use music, okay? There is nothing like a lyric or a melody that captures some undealt with pain that I'm currently wrestling with that like keeps me going, right? Keeps me going on the journey because I immediately feel understood. I, I feel like I'm not alone. Like, look, someone else has experienced something like I've experienced, and they're, I mean, they wrote a song about it, so they must have, you know, be going somewhere. I can do this. So I, the two songs that currently, for me, are speaking to me right now, I'll just pass them on because it's, it, it's meaningful to me. A song uh, by Jackson Brown, a singer-songwriter of the 60s and 70s era, uh, song called These Days. And this is a song about regret and hurt and choosing radical acceptance instead of defensiveness. And this song is just so speaking to my heart these days. Hey, these days. I just did it. That was good. They um, didn't plan that. Uh, and then another song called All the Stars, which is by a band called the Whalen Jennies. And these are uh, three women who just are locked in harmony at all times, and it's really beautiful. And uh, All the Stars is a song about uh, being renewed after loss. And so I just, I'm, I'm happy to tell you more about these, or I would love to hear about the songs that help you on your journey if you want to tell me. But I think of music kind of like the fertilizer in Jesus's One More Year Gardener Fig Tree parable. It slowly works on our soil slowly works on us, makes us more ready to bear fruit. Finally, my last suggestion for us is to consider professional counseling. Professional counseling is a gift from God, guys. It is a gift from God. At our church, we keep a list of trusted professional counseling resources, and we've walked many through the headache of figuring out their health insurance so they can take advantage of it. 
So uh, if, if you would like, we would be so happy to do that with you too. Just mention it on your Connect card before we're done here today, and that will be totally anonymous, and we'll follow up with you and see how we can help. So Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat goes into the ground and dies, it remains a single grain of wheat. But if it goes into the ground and dies, it will bear much fruit. It is true that Taka, a lava monster, is part of us all. But maybe you're not bad if you feel like a lava monster right now. Maybe you're not a bad person. Maybe according to Jesus, Taka is just a necessary part of your journey that you have to go through. And now is just the time where you're going into the ground to die. But Taka is not your final destination. Like Moana, our, our Christ figure here today, Jesus is here to say to us, this is not who we are. We know who we are. If we resist getting stuck in undealt with pain and we let Jesus, the God who knows pain, pull us through it, then we will open ourselves to the pain of leaving what is comfortable behind us, but we will also open ourselves up to healing. If we allow ourselves to go into the ground and die, we will bear much fruit. We will not just be a single grain of wheat. And so in that space, I would love to pray with us. Can I ask you guys to stand with me and uh, I'll invite the band up and we'll pray. In a moment here, we'll have a time of uh, a chance to receive prayer in a one-on-one setting. And uh, as these guys are going to be leading us in song, we would invite you at any point while we're singing together to uh, make your way into the center section here between the balcony and the front seats. And anybody who has a lanyard that says uh, prayer team would be so happy to pray with you. These are trained folks and uh, people who will keep anything you share confidential. And uh, what will happen there is they'll just try to set up an interaction with God for you. And so if any of uh, these recommendations on the screen grab you or something that you, a need that you came into the room here today with, uh, you'd like prayer for, uh, we'd love for you to take advantage of the prayer team. Uh, Let me pray for us right now. If you, uh, you can keep your eyes open or if you can close your eyes, whatever helps you to feel comfortable. Well, let me begin uh, praying for those of us who do feel like there might be some revenge in us. And so if that's you, uh, just in your heart, sort of like internally for you, just kind of recognize like, yep, that's me. I'm, I'll count myself among that. That is humbling to admit, but I promise you this is a safe space. So if that's you, let me pray. Jesus, I pray that you would show yourself sort of in a, in, in a space right in front of us, in our mind's eye that we can see you right now. And I pray for anyone here who is like courageously humble enough to admit like, yes, I feel like there's some revenge in me. I pray that you would stand in front of us and receive that. And then I don't want to interrupt what's going on for you internally, if anything's going on for you. But my question to you, to ask yourself now, is how is Jesus responding? Is he scandalized or is he like Moana? 
And if something is going on for you internally right now, I don't want to interrupt that. Just let it continue. You and Jesus just bringing this, hey, I think there's some revenge in me and just letting Jesus respond to you. And for any of us else who are here that need a vision for what it means to move past some pain that has not been dealt with yet for us, I pray that you would speak to us individually now. What does it look like for us to incorporate that as a part of our bigger picture and not fill ourselves with this desire that we have to move past it? What does it look like for us to heal truly? And for any of us who need encouragement, that we are on this path, we've maybe been at it for a while, and we haven't seen much change, pray that we would feel you speaking to us with that parable, Jesus, of just lay down some fertilizer, keep going. There's always time for you here. There's always time for you on this journey of healing. And I pray that we would feel encouraged with that.